happy to have on the show today, Nadim Sadek. He's the founder and CEO of Shimmer AI. They do AI advertising. And we were just talking about the fact that you've started a dozen businesses over your career. And some have succeeded, some have failed. So can you tell us the story of that? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on uncomfortably my 13th. I think it's going to be the best one, but it's got a bad number. Yeah, some have been good, some have been bad for different reasons. But I was thinking when you asked me on the show about the very first one I started, which I started in my last year at university. And I was chancing my arm. I didn't feel like doing any hard labor anymore. And I was trying to make money a bit more easily. And I found, as one often does trying to create a business, a little interpretation of a law, which was helpful for a different business. And it was recruitment agencies. I saw that recruitment agencies could conduct many interviews and put people out to work and take a fee for it. So I sat there in my miserable bed sitting hovel <laughs> and put out a print ad for a company called All Hands, which promised to do any job that you needed in your home or garden. And I was flooded with requests to rebuild a wall or to trim an apple tree or to take a roof tile down. And I thought, oh God, right, now I have to find the people that can do this. And so I put out another ad and then I had all these kind of tradesmen coming in and they're quite scary creatures, most of them, who wanted to see whether I was real or not. And I'd put them out to work and that actually worked reasonably well. I'd do a little bit of vetting, they'd go out to a job. They'd be paid, they'd pay me a commission for finding them the work, which is a loose interpretation of recruitment consultancy. But after a while, I got greedy and I thought, um, I'll do some of these jobs myself. And without any knowledge about how to build a wall or change a roof tile or even trim a, an apple tree, off I went and tried to do these things. And it was great fun. Most of them were successful. A couple of walls fell over and I had to get somebody proper to do them. But it was my first effort at having a go, showing some initiative, interpreting rules and regulations to see if there is a, an iteration of a business that would work. And it taught me a lot. So that was my. I like that you went and you sold a business product before you had the business or the product. Yeah. I was a bit ahead of my time, maybe on that, or maybe that's been the way it's always been throughout life. But yeah, you talk about what you are going to do often slightly before you can do it. Has that been your practice through the dozen businesses? You always test the market first? I think in retrospect, that's probably true. What I've learned about starting businesses is that you have a pretty simple fork in the road that you take. One is to iterate and the other one is to originate. So sometimes what I've done is started something that I knew quite a lot about. So I started a market research company in London. It became the biggest of its type in the world. I sold it to WPP. There's nothing very original about it. I operated it well. We had great teams and we had a really good product. So that was all the right ingredients. But it was basically me having learned from work to another, having worked in other market research agencies and improved upon things. That was an iteration story. I've also started a completely original businesses like a, an AI driven brand management one. There wasn't anybody offering something that said the machines will tell you the steps to take. And they'll measure the impact of all the steps you take and see whether you get a positive return on your marketing investment. That was an original idea in a fairly crowded space, but still an original idea. And actually Shimmer is another one of those, but found that I favor, I get more joy out of the origination ones, but almost by definition, they're harder to find and to do. So of all these businesses, what was the biggest winner and biggest loser? 
God, it's hard to, if you define that in material terms, the one that made the most money from the first week it was in business and then from its sale was at the market research company. The one that I felt probably the most pride around and therefore was the most rewarding in a way was the AI brand management business because it, it was really disruptive. It, it brought the chief marketing officer into everybody's back pocket at, as a subscription, at a low cost, at high effectiveness. And we had a, it was my first technology company and technology companies have a terrible reputation for their culture, but we really tried hard and we made sure there's diversity and inclusion and sustainability and good ethics. And I remember a lot of people saying, I've no idea where I'll work after this because they'll never be somewhere as good again. And that was a great source of pride to me that it was, was nice to work at, was good to its people and was original. It ended in tears slightly, but in its heyday, it was a fantastic thing. And then on The Biggest Loser. The Biggest Loser by far was a horse breeding stud that I started. I bought a champion Connemara stallion and two champion mares. And from these three horses, I thought I'd produce the finest stock of Connemara ponies in Ireland. It took a while to get going and we had a different form of AI. We had artificial insemination going <laughs> everywhere. I'd turn there's a horse getting up on something. In the end, we had 40 unsold horses that were killing the fields and I just couldn't get rid of them. And I sold them all for, you know, pennies that whilst it's fun to get into things that you may not know a lot about, there are many pitfalls and I fell down a really big one. Yeah. When you say your biggest win is an AI brand agency, and then you say, I had this horse startup <laughs> reading. I think we all know who that's going to go. Yeah. It was fun. Again, it was rewarding. And there was, I had more laughter in that business than anywhere else, but it was. It's always good when you can laugh through it. Yeah. yeah. You are, you've been through many businesses, many startups. What's your advice for somebody thinking about starting their first business? I've struggled to read business books over the years. I just find that I glaze over and I want to spend my time originating things, not reading what other people have done. It's sometimes a fault of mine that I don't listen enough. I'm too busy trying to make things. But I did read one book and it's really stayed with me. It was called The Secrets of Sand Hill Road, which is the road in the Bay Area that most of the VCs were located on. And what I remember, it's not a long book and it's a well-written and easy book. But the lesson that I remember from it was there were three things that count. But I only read this in the last five years, so it's long into my career of doing stuff. But I, if I'd known it earlier, it would have been really helpful, which is why I now mention it to people who might be thinking of starting or getting on with things. And the three lessons I learned from that wall were that to have a successful business, you have to look at your TAM, your total available market, your product, and your team. And if you've got a reasonable market, with a good product and a fabulous team, you will succeed. It's as easy as that, but you have to take those things really seriously. Don't delude yourself about the market. Don't say there's 30 million things out there and we only have to get 3000 of them. It's a tiny fraction. And so it's going to be achievable. 3000 sales is 3000 sales. That's hard work and it takes a long time. And in building a team, you need cohesion. And you need competence. I always talk about having a high performing, low friction environment if possible. 
but don't take anybody on that isn't really good at their job. And then look at, does the high performance come with high friction? That won't be sustainable for long. If you have low performance and high friction, get rid of that person immediately. But if you can find these rare birds that are high performing, low friction, they tend not to have huge egos, tend to be cooperative. They tend to be really well socialized and you just cooperate and collaborate through things. Then I think you're onto a good thing. And ultimately, and most importantly, the product just has to be truthfully fit for purpose. Product market fit is incredibly hard to achieve. And you can delude yourself a lot along the way that you're achieving it. You need to have people using your product once, twice, a hundred times, coming back for more, asking more from it, from you, iterating, developing it with you. And I think if you just focus on those three things, be truthful to yourself about the market you're addressing, have a product that truly solves a pain, a real priority for people and do it with a team that you can bear to be with day in, day out you'll succeed. Do you bring a lot of your team members from one business to another? In Shimmer, half the people are people who worked together in the last business. And the other half are people who I've known throughout my career and who for the first time are working together. So I like a cross-pollination. I think it's useful to have a, a squad that knows how we all work and where somebody's irritable and where somebody's really cooperative and all that stuff that you learn from your colleagues. But then to have freshness, I think you can't just lug around the same toolkit and think you'll create new things all the time. You need, you need challenges to your prejudices, to your ways of working. You need to bring new tools, new perspectives every time you go again. If you could tell your younger self any one thing, what would it be? It's a terrible thing to say. And I kind of regret sharing this actually. My, my 18 year old son, I have four children. He's the youngest has watched me for most of his growing life in different businesses. And he is frustrated with me about being too trusting has a phrase, which I'm sure I can't actually articulate on your show. It's uh, he says BMC and the B is B M is more. So B more and the C is something I won't say. But he urges me to be more of a type of person with the people that I work with. I can't do it. I sustain momentum by being encouraging and tolerant and forgiving and, and I hope enabling. But I do think that there are some CEOs who in the same place as me would have made faster progress by being more ruthless. So I try to tell my younger self to spend more time being ruthless and less tolerant, but it's not in my nature. So I probably just keep making the same mistakes over and over. I know I should be those things, but I don't like it. So I don't do it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you should be those things. I think what you're doing is working. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. So with Shimmer, the model here, what are you trying to do with this one? It's actually a pretty simple insight. I've worked around marketing services pretty well all my life and I've always kind of enjoyed interacting with advertising. I've done a lot of advertising development myself. The thing about advertising that's frustrating is it takes a lot of time and a lot of capital producing stuff takes forever and is really expensive. Thinking about it involves people forever and is really expensive. Talking to clients goes on forever and is expensive. It's just like an expensive, slow business. And that means that the long tail of products that you find in many verticals have no hope in hell of creating a budget that could sustain an advertising campaign. So if you think about a fashion brand, 
they'll put the prettiest dress in the window and maybe a couple of shoes and a belt, but you don't know the 4,000 other items of, or garments that they want to sell because they can't afford to celebrate them. And um, it's the same with, if you look at eBay, how many thousands of terribly photographed and described items are sitting there waiting to go in the long tail. And so it goes on. Actually, what I wanted to do is to produce an advertising model that was always like advertising on demand that could look at and say, we can almost instantly produce an advertising campaign for you, which will have, which will produce a higher propensity to purchase in people that see the ads and you can push them through to e-commerce. So it's an end-to-end -end system that I wanted to produce where long tail products could be analyzed quickly for their core DNA. You produce advertising that's faithful to that and manifests what those things are really all about to matched audiences that are going to say, do you know what? That really strikes a chord with me. I love it. Press the buy button. So that was what I wanted to produce. And that is what we have produced. And we've done so by making it an AI native company where the machines do everything. They analyze the thing you want to sell. They produce the ad for it. And then they deploy it into media channels in, in paid and owned media. Choosing the right vertical to begin with, it's a horizontal technology that can work across lots of things, but choosing the right vertical was in the end quite easy. I just looked for the place that had the biggest long tail that had never been promoted. And I found book publishing, which most people go, book publishing, isn't that a bit old fashioned? Oh, books dying out. Book publishing has revenues 10 times greater than global music. It's a huge industry and it's thriving. It grows every year. But 95% of publishers' catalogs have never been advertised. So, hello, I can look at 95% of your catalog and produce additional revenues for your business, make authors happy to be found and make readers more fulfilled by being matched with books that really suit their tastes. So it's all done on psychological profiling. So Shimmer is basically psychologically tuned advertising to promote sales of backlist products that have never seen the light before, which is what we do. We make them Shimmer. I like this. This is very unique because no, nobody's thinking about taking books and using AI to advertise them. Yeah, we're doing that. How would yeah. somebody reach out, learn more about Shimmer? I'd just go to our website, shimmer.ai, or find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'm pretty attentive. I'll answer people. Sure. Get in touch. Thank you, Nadim, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.